Broadway for Monday, January 7th, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, it is officially BroadwayCon week. Uh, of course, actually, BroadwayCon starts on Friday. But for us, it starts on Saturday, January 12th at 11.15 a.m. in the Sutton Center Room at the New York Hilton Midtown Hotel. That is when we'll be having this week on Broadway Live with you, me, Peter Felicia, Michael Bortantier, Jan Simpson, Jenna Tessa Fox, and Natalie Nowak. Of course, if you're going to be there, you're going to hear us talking about it. Up until then, so we're going to encourage you to come. Should be a lot of fun. We're putting together uh, some questions. We're going to be talking about the upcoming spring season on and off Broadway. We'll give you a chance to ask all of our panelists questions and there will be a live trivia game. I'm assuming Peter's in charge of the live trivia game, right, James? Uh, yes, uh, it'll be uh, Felicia Trivia. Which, how often do you get to have a, a Peter Felicia-led trivia, Broadway trivia game in person? So make plans to come see us, James. And of course, that leads into the fact that yesterday on This Week on Broadway, you, Peter, and Michael discussed um, a host of things. But because we're still in that weird time of year when not a lot of stuff is opening and then there's not a lot of stuff to talk about, you guys had a, a kind of a deep dive into some fairly recent theatrical and theatrically tangential uh tangential uh cast albums and soundtracks yeah so we talked about uh the cast recordings that are up for grammys some of uh, michael's favorites for the year and things like that and also we did have one review uh peter felicia uh, did a review of uh yiddish production of baywatch or no no it's no, it not baywatch it was not baywatch no, it was uh, it was waiting for Gado or Godot or I, I would I would love to hear you try to pronounce it in Yiddish, but I'm not going to make you do that. Um, I, did Peter? I haven't heard listened to the episode yet. Did Peter pronounce it in Yiddish? No, no. I asked. His first thing I asked is how do they say Gado and or Godot in Yiddish, and he says uh, just like that. So, <laughs> uh, so hey, yeah. So uh, I wish we could I wish we could quantum leap back and uh, ask Samuel Beckett. Uh, if it's mm. Gado or Gado, it's a good uh, deep dive on the. Uh, you know, uh, I'm. I, I. I. You know, only because I have a, an enormous respect for uh, Patrick Stewart that I'm going to say Gado because he says yeah. Gado. So he, well, I, I have an enormous amounts of faith in his uh, his uh, trueness to the to the script. Sounds good to me. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, wow. Wow, I, I didn't know this. Uh, first up in the news, Actors' Equity is considering a limited strike. Yeah, James, in an article that was published on Sunday in the New York Times by theater reporter Michael Paulson, he reported that Actors' Equity Association is considering a partial strike if they are not able to get a new agreement on their lab contract with the Broadway League. The strike would prohibit union members from participating in any developmental work with commercial producers. Equity and the Broadway League have been in negotiations to increase the minimum salary and profit sharing for developmental labs, but according to Equity, the two sides have reached an impasse. In speaking with the Times, the League's president, Charlotte St. Martin, said, quote, negotiations have been going on for some time with lots of back and forth, and we have additional proposals we're trying to make. We believe there will be a deal that will be beneficial for both sides. On the union side, uh, Stephen Bogardis, who serves as the chairman for AEA's show development subcommittee, told Paulson, quote, we are collaborators and we need to be acknowledged for what we're doing. We're putting in more skin than we once did. And after recoupment, we think it's fair that we should be able to share in the success of the show. Now, James, um, I don't know if it was back in December or, or maybe November. 
I spoke with uh, the star of Wild Goose Dreams, uh, Francis Zhu, who is also on the, uh, is also an equity council member. And he said he did think that there would be um, a resolution sooner rather than later. But it seems to me that this is still at a point where they seem to be far enough apart that things like this have to be floated to – I don't know if to, to scare people into uh, coming back to the negotiating table, but I am not now, nor have I ever been a union member, but I would guess that if AEA strikes against developmental works, wouldn't other creative unions follow suit in solidarity, James? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If, if a union sets up a picket line and another union's working in the same venue, they will not cross that picket line. So, uh, sure, absolutely. But the interesting... I I uh, had not heard about this, so I do. Well, I'm, uh, this is my first hearing of it sure, when you're sure, tell, sure. talking about it. So the you said that the strike would prohibit union members from participating on a, any developmental work with commercial producers. So that's a really fine line there because mm-hmm. a lot of development happens with. Uh, with uh, nonprofits like, you know, Hamilton uh, down at the public or things yep. like that. So I, I wonder how wide and vast this would be. And uh, and certainly uh, I, I feel like I'm a broken record, but I, I was really blown away by Hamilton crossing that $4 million a week line last week in the, in the mm-hmm. Broadway grosses. And uh, certainly... Um, you know, Actors' Equity uh, has, you know, uh, a reason to be um, interested in work such as Hamilton uh, in sharing in that. But the, the truth of the matter is that 75% of, of all Broadway shows lose lose all their money. So, uh, you know, let's hope that cooler heads prevail and there's a, a good meeting of the minds between the commercial producers and the union. Well, but keep in mind, I think it is important to know that it is not this. These negotiations are not just about um, profit sharing. They are also about a a raise in the minimum wage. Sure. Or not. You yeah. know, minimum wage is a relative term um, that actors and stage managers get when working on labs. So it is raising the contract two, minimum. Correct. So there are two things. So it's yeah. not just on shows like Hamilton that make a bunch of money and then the actors and stage managers want a part of the profits. It's that, but it is also the minimum contract as well. Um, so it will be interesting. Like you said, a lot of shows are developed with nonprofits, but very rarely are they nonprofits all by themselves, even oh, yeah. at the public, mm-hmm. you know, Jeffrey Seller and, and, and Sandra Jacobs you know, and Joe ART, Furman were involved. Yeah. ART mm-hmm. does have developmental money from commercial producers as did, right. you know, uh, t- tons of other things that, uh, that we talk about every, every day here. Yeah, it, and it's so even times when we see off Broadway shows at nonprofit houses, a lot of times they also have commercial producers involved. So even though we think of shows like Dear Evan Hansen or Hamilton or like you said ART, so you've got Waitress or something coming from there, or Jagged Little Pill, a lot of times there are commercial producers involved from the very beginning. So this would be a, a pretty big deal if this ever happens, but I hope that they can f- figure out a way to make it so this doesn't actually become a reality. Something totally uh, off uh, off topic here, tangential to what we're talking about, is that uh, a friend of mine saw Hades Town over in London and loved it, thought it was great, but then said, "Why is Hades Town playing at in a nonprofit theater that's supported by British taxpayers to you know sort of 
foot the bill of the developmental cost before it comes to Broadway. And I, you know, I, we've seen a bunch of productions of Hades Town before London, so I'm not sure that's quite being developed there. But it's an interesting thing to have a commercial production. Seemingly, I, I'm guessing it's a commercial production of Hades Town that's happening in London right now. That's at, is at NT or Barbican, or where I'm not sure where it is. But it, it, it is at the National Theater, and I don't know enough about the National Theater's yeah. scheduling, so I don't know if they work with other companies to bring things in or not. I feel, and I'm speaking completely off the top of my head, I feel like they do work with other companies. Um, generally, I feel like Kenneth Branagh's company has done shows at the National Theater, so I yeah. don't know if it's partial like develop their own stuff and they have rentals as well. So I, I don't know, but I, I, I do understand that, especially when it is subsidized by the British taxpayers. Sure. That's uh, interesting. Let me just check one thing here. No, Hunter all Tom Curtahy, Dale Friends, and Mark Mara Isaacs. I was wondering, maybe I thought that uh, NT was going to be a producer in the Broadway production, but as of ye- so far, and this is not final, the IBDB does not have – although it's got a new Hadestown logo. Have you seen the new Hadestown mm-hmm. logo? I haven't seen I it. I have, yeah. Well, and what's interesting also is that the Hadestown producing group is pretty small for a Broadway show. Four people is uh, yeah. is pretty tiny for a producing team on a, on a broad, big Broadway musical nowadays. Absolutely. All right. Let's uh, move forward into this week's theatrical schedule. All right, James, we have to start, um, even though we talked about this last week, we do have to start with the fact that four Broadway shows closed yesterday, Head Over Heels, Torch Song, Once on This Island, and The Play That Goes Wrong. Obviously, The Play That Goes Wrong um, will be reopening next month uh, off-Broadway at New World Stages. Both Torch Song and Once on This Island have announced national tours. We'll see if that ever happens. Um, I don't know if Head Over Heels did. Uh, I don't believe Head Over Heels did, but um, congratulations to everybody in all four of those shows. Um, really fantastic shows that many, many people loved. Obviously, the first two didn't have as long a run as the second two, but uh, congratulations to everyone there. And I, I Most of my timeline is either watching watching the Golden Globes right now or at the closing for one of these shows. So um, they're all wonderful. I haven't seen the play that goes wrong, but the other three are wonderful. And uh, congratulations to everyone involved. But moving forward tonight, Monday, January 7th, we have the off-Broadway opening at the Atlantic Theater Company of Blue Ridge, a show written by Abby Rosebrock and directed by uh, Tiabi Mager. Uh, it runs through January 6th at the Linda Gross Theater and stars Kyle Beltran, Marin Ireland, Crystal and Lloyd, and more. Then tomorrow we have our first official Broadway opening of the 2019 calendar year, and that is the Manhattan Theater Club Broadway premiere of Choir Boy at the Samuel J. Friedman Theater. The Broadway premiere of Terrell Alvin McCraney's play is directed by Trip Coleman, as it was off-Broadway, and many of the stars uh, who led the world premiere five and a half years ago off-Broadway have returned. That cast features Jeremy Pope, Chuck Cooper, Jay Quentin Johnston, or Johnson, Austin Pendleton, and more. The show is currently scheduled to run on Broadway through February 17th. Um, then on Friday, we're going to talk about this a little bit more in a second, so I won't talk a ton, about, a ton about it, but the third national tour of Hamilton will kick off in Puerto Rico this Friday. You're going to be seeing a ton of coverage of this. I think both Good Morning America, I think it's Good Morning America, and uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon's show are going to be live in Puerto Rico to commemorate this. So uh, a ton of stuff going on there. We're going to talk about that a little bit more here in a second. Then we get to Saturday, January 12th, and not to beat a dead horse, but 
at 11.15 a.m. at BroadwayCon Broadway Radios <laughs> this week on Broadway Live. Be there, be square. Um, but then also that night, later that day, I will be at the very first performance of the Fiasco Theater Company's off-Broadway revival of Merrily We Roll Along. The show is presented by the Roundabout Theater Company and is currently scheduled to run through February or through April 7th. Now, the last time that Fiasco and RTC teamed up was for another Sondheim show, Into the Woods, which received multiple extensions and a little bit of a national tour as well. So this one should be very... Very exciting. Then sticking uh, off-Broadway on Saturday night, we will have a closing off-Broadway on Saturday night. That is with the, the the new group's world premiere production of Clueless, the musical at the Signature Theater. I'm going to see that with our friend Patrick Hines uh, on Wednesday night. And also closing on Saturday night, just a different Saturday night because it'll be earlier, about five hours earlier, Dream Girls is closing in the West End. Now, James, this is one of those shows that has had Broadway intentions the entire time. It's even had Broadway auditions, but we haven't heard hide nor hair of any actual plans. So it'll be interesting to see with it finally closing in London if we do finally get um, a show or a production in New York, especially because we have a theater or two that are currently open. I'm not sure if any of them make sense for Dream Girls, but that's a conversation for a later date. And then to close out the week, we have uh, two more pretty big closings on Sunday, January 13th. Not only is that the end of Broadway Con, but the lifespan of a fact will close at Studio 54 on Broadway, obviously starring Daniel Radcliffe, Cherry Jones, and Bobby Cannavale. And then the closing performance of Slave Play off-Broadway from New York Theater Workshop. That's one of those shows that has been trying to figure out how to get to Broadway. I'm not sure that it's going to happen, but uh, if you, I think it's sold out. I'm going to see it uh, over the weekend as well. So I'm excited to be able to see one of the last performances. But if you can grab a ticket and you haven't done so yet, try to get down to New York Theater Workshop to see it. Okay. What do we have in recommendations? Okay. I got a bunch. So in fact, I've gotten rid of some because I've had to add more. But during those Golden Globes, FX released the very first trailer, it's one minute, it's actually 45 seconds with like a bunch of junk at the end of for the 15 seconds, but a 45 second trailer of Fosse Verdon. It is, it looks amazing. And what's so cool about it is, is if you know a little bit about uh, Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon, you recognize some of these costumes. Like it, it opens up like one of the first shots is them. Um, it looks like um, who's got the pain from damn Yankees. And then you see the obvious cabaret and, and Chicago stuff really fantastic. It looks amazing. I can't wait. And at the end of the teaser, it said it'll be coming to FX in April. So that's really awesome. Then another one, as I mentioned before, we're going to head down to Puerto Rico because on Friday, Lin-Manuel Miranda decided to tweet videos directly from Hamilton sits probe uh, in Puerto Rico. I'm a sucker, James, for anything sits probe, no matter what I generally I get emotional because of them for some reason. It's really weird. But apparently one thing they do at sits probes for Hamilton is they play through the different individual parts of the dance break in Yorktown. So there's about four or five videos, uh, four videos where they play the individual parts. They play the, the, the different keys. They play the guitar. They play the bass. They play the drums. They play the strings. Then they play like the, um, uh, the DJ scratching cue as well. And then they play it all together. It's really, really wonderful. As we talked about before, Hamilton, will be playing uh, Puerto Rico from January 11th through the 27th. Lin-Manuel Miranda will be playing the title role. Then he will depart, and that company will then become the third national tour. And finally, James, I don't know if you saw this, but I came across it kind of organically uh, on Twitter. 
on Friday. And Rodney Rothman, who is a former writer on David Letterman's late night show, he tweeted out a series of videos that I didn't know existed. But basically what they were is at the end of certain episodes, instead of having like a musical guest on, they would do a bit that they never told anyone was a bit. What they would do is they would have performances from musicals that didn't exist. One had to do with the moon landing, um, didn't exist. Um, there's, there's like, there's like three or four other ones. He also had a fake boy band on, which included, it was Matthew Morrison's first acting gig. He tweeted out these videos. He, he wrote them along with Carter Bays, um, who created how I met your mother and David Jabberbaum, who went on to write a number of Broadway shows and become the tweet of God and won a ton of, of Emmys for the daily show. Really, really funny stuff, uh, that only David Letterman could get away with because nobody is david letterman so really hilarious if you haven't watched them we'll have a link to all of those in the show notes oh that's tons of fun i have to go back and watch that that sounds really great uh you know that sits probe down in uh down in puerto rico and it i know that you get emotion about that emotional about that because i feel like you're like uh josh lyman listening to bagpipes <laughs> yeah could be, yeah. It's uh, I, I, uh, I, I'm a sentimental crier, and for some reason, those uh, sits proby videos always make me really sentimental. So I don't know why. It's just like the combination of the actors and the music for the first time. It it gets me every time. I think you told me this before. I'm not sure uh, if you know this. Um, Third National of Hamilton. What's the name of the tour? Um, I believe it's the Philip, or is that the second? Uh, oh no, it's the Anne Peggy. It's the it's, Peggy. It's Ann Peggy? <laughs> yeah, I believe it's I, I I'm ninety-five percent sure it's Ann Peggy. Okay. I think it was I think it was was it Angelica, Philip, and Ann Peggy. I okay. think that's what it is. Someone tell me if I'm wrong, but just off the top of my head, I believe that's correct. Is Eliza the Broadway company? Huh. Uh maybe Chicago. Okay. I don't know. All right. Uh okay, Matt, what else do we need to know for today? Okay, on Friday, Feinstein's 54 Below announced that Broadway legend Cheetah Rivera would have to postpone her upcoming run starting this coming week. Ashley Steves and I talked about it on our special episode last week. But according to the press release from 54 Below, Cheetah's doctors have put her on vocal rest due to illness, and they have gone ahead and rescheduled her shows for late May and early June. Aaron Tveit, who performed 54 Below's New Year's Eve show, will fill the January 16th and 17th slots. No other replacements have been announced, and they haven't even announced if there will be replacements or not. But if you had tickets for any of Cheetah's shows, the 54 Below box office will get in touch with you if they have not already. Now, from one legend to another, while on the red carpet for a BAFTA event over the weekend, Glenn Close said that her second time playing Norma Desmond was, quote, 180 degrees different from the first time, from when she did it the first time. Oh, wait, there we go. Um, and in some ways, I was rehearsing for the movie. Then she mm -hmm. said of the film that they are hoping, quote, to start shooting this year. So we'll see what actually happens there. We've been hearing uh, that Wicked will be released uh, in December of 2019, but that doesn't seem to be happening. So we'll see if this uh, Sunset Boulevard film actually ever gets off the ground. Also, last week, Waterwell announced that they would present the world premiere production of The Courtroom, a reenactment of deportation proceedings. The show will feature text arranged from real court transcripts by Waterwell co-founder and Tony Award nominee Arian Moyad. Uh, this unique production will feature four performances in two active legal spaces, the Fordham University School of Law on January 23rd and 26th, and the Thurgood Marshall United States Courthouse on January 24th and 25th. Lee Sunday Evans will direct and additional information, including casting, will be announced shortly. 
And finally, our friends over at The Ensemblist have announced a new miniseries called Double Tapped, which will feature candid one-on-one interviews with Broadway actors about authenticity on social media. That's hard to find sometimes, James. The first four episodes will include interviews with Gerard Canocchio. Uh, uh, Canonancio. I screwed that one up, but I, even though I practiced it uh, from Be More Chill, Olivia Puckett from Dear Evan Hansen, Camille Upshaw from Mean Girls, and Charlie Williams from The Share Show. James, because maybe because I have to go through the Broadway World message board uh, all the time, I see so much about people debating about how people should interact with fans online. And I do think that this is something that more performers and fans, but you know, specifically thinking about performers, need to be cognizant of about how they present themselves and how they interact with uh, fans online because there's this whole what they call stan culture, which is like these obsessed fans comes from a an Eminem music uh, an Eminem song. Um, it's just it, it's 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 a little creepy. So you gotta have to kind of figure out how to do this. But I think this is something that I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing some conservatories and places like that actually teaching i mean maybe not you know in like a formal class like a you know social media 101 but having some lectures on this because it is something that actors never had to deal with in the past but is becoming more and more a part of maintaining and creating a public persona uh in today's day and age so yeah i mean there's more and more little cottage industry popping up of of people who act as a social media manager for actors um, and, you know, it's really funny, you know, a couple of years back, uh, all of a sudden out of nowhere, all of us got followed by Tay Diggs, you know, we're like, yeah. oh my God, Tay Diggs is following me. But it turned out it was, you know, it was some sort of <laughs> combination of social media company or bot that just followed us all. Um, yeah, and, and then when I didn't follow him back, he unfollowed me, bastard. Ah, you know, those scripts, those unfollow scripts, you know, mm-hmm. no follow back. You got to, you got you got to do it. But uh, interesting that Ensemblist is doing it, you big nerd. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I think that this is an important aspect of it. And, you know, uh, I, you know, everything old is new again. You have to look at some of the classics like, you know, uh, William Shatner going to Star Trek conventions and having to deal with Trekkies mm-hmm. and, th- and and that's, you know, 30 some odd years, 40 some odd years, those stories are out there. So, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily thinking that this is all new. It's just it's new to new stars and uh, and new people. So it's very yeah. exciting. You know, I, I, I'm all for, you know, making sure that everybody's comfortable and respectful of everybody's space. All right. Why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for kicking off your week with us, and Matt and I will be back to talk with you later. 